read Genesis 41, and I can't help but to see how the Lord put all that together. He put that together with what I'm going to do, what I'm going to talk about today. It's just fascinating. What does it mean to be fully man and fully God? Why is it necessary? You know, we hear he's fully God. You know, some people believe he's 50% God or 50% man, and that's clearly not true. Scripture does not teach that. He was fully man, fully God. The Heidelberg Catechism, which is written almost 500 years ago, question 15, what kind of mediator and deliverer should we look for then? One who is a true and righteous human, yet more powerful than all creatures. That is, one who is also true God. Question 16, why must the mediator be a true and righteous human? God's justice demands that human nature, which has sinned, must pay for sin. But a sinful human could never pay for others. And then finally in question 17, why must the mediator also be true God? So that the mediator, by the power of his divinity, might bear the weight, the weight, the heaviness of God's wrath in his humanity and earn for us and restore to us righteousness and life that Adam and Eve first had before they fell. And so we're going to be in John 19 today. But before I get started, I want to talk about uh, the purpose of John's gospel found in John 20. Ain't that right, Jason? John 20, verses 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Listen carefully as we read from God's Word. I'm starting in um, chapter 18, verse 28. I want to capture the entire trial before Pilate and Jesus in, in that situation. In verse um, 28 of chapter 18, then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went out outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken, to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of, of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? 
your own nation, and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews, and he told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man over to you at Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Chapter 19. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put on his head, and put it on his head, and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and, a purple, and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him for yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin." From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will, not, will stand forever. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I beseech you to be with us as you have promised. I pray that your word would go forth and that we would be convicted of sin, repent, and trust in you. Dear Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice, for your love, for your caring of your people. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Three points. Behold the man. Behold the king, point two. 
And point three, behold our God. Point number one, behold the man. Some background before we get into the passage. You know, we, we say he's fully man. He was born of a virgin. Well, you might ask, well, why would, why would he? He's not man. He's not, he didn't have a father. Well, he did. The Holy Spirit. Why was that important? So that Adam's sin would not um, be inherited. He would not inherit Adam's sin. So he had to be. Um, born of a born of the Virgin Mary. He had earthly parents. Joseph was a carpenter. He grew up learning how to be a carpenter. People knew who his parents were. He was baptized. He grew. He taught in the temple at an early age. He was hungry and tempted by the devil. He wept at the death of Lazarus and the people's mourning. He was fully human. Concerning the temptation of the devil, in Hebrews 2, 7 through 18, therefore he had to be like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. You know, a few weeks back, Josh preached about this temptation that Jesus uh, experienced. This is so much greater than our temptation. We are sinful people. It doesn't take much to turn us around and get us redirected and out of focus. But it took a lot of temptation and effort by the devil. But he failed. Jesus is our faithful high priest. So Jesus was fully man, but without sin. He was unable to sin. If he, if he was able to sin, but he chose not to, this would go against his holy nature, his divine being. So he just couldn't. It's called the impeccability of Christ. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect is tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jumping back into the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 53, the suffering servant. Starting in verses 2 through 6. For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of, a dry, out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as one, who, as one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
fully man. Behold the man. This is the man. This is your Savior. This is your King. This is our God. Know the Jesus that chapter 19 describes. Know the passion of His love for us, but His love and obedience for the Father. Know that. Moving into John, uh, John 19. Again, remember what John's purpose for the gospel is all about. So that his Jewish brothers and sisters would believe. Because they were struggling. They didn't see it. So he, he was using everything to show the divinity of Christ that he was the Son of God, and by believing in him, they may have life. It's interesting that Pilate starts out in 19, and he, you know, three times, three times, he says, Jesus, isn't, there's no guilt in him. There's nothing I can charge him with. Now remember, he's a Roman official. He doesn't believe in these Jewish laws. He has these, this court system that he is upholding, but it has nothing to do with Jewish religion, Jewish law. Nothing to do with the Hebrew Scriptures. And because the chief priest and the officials were so adamant that he, he was, they wanted him to crucify him. He flogged them. The soldiers mocked him. He flogged them. In the Roman court system, there's like three levels of flogging, of whipping. You have like a first degree, a second degree, and a third degree. This is in John's gospel. He, 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 he talks about this happening before he sentenced to death. So this is like a first degree because he still believes he's not guilty. He still believes that he wants to try to convince the Jews to, to do away with this crucifixion idea. And so this flogging was kind of a first degree offense. Just try to beat him up a little bit um, and... Um, you know, in, chapter, in verse 2, uh, the, the Roman guard, you know, they just despised. The Romans despised the Jews. They were weak people. They needed a crutch God. You know, they needed, it's kind of their mentality. They didn't see what the Jews thought they saw. But yet, in everything, Pilate declares he's not guilty. So the, the Roman guards, you know, they mocked him. They made a crown of thorns. You know, there's a, there's a lot of speculation as to what these thorns might be. Um, the date palm had thorns 6 to 12 inches long, kind of a radiant kind of crown coming out of the king's head. And so in a, in a mocking way, they twisted this and they put it on his head. They grabbed a a purple robe and probably one of the garments that one of the soldiers wore and wrapped him in it. 
And they declared, Hail, King of the Jews. And then they would hit him, slap him, punch him. Now this is all happening while Pilate said he's not guilty. He's not guilty. I find no guilt in him. Like I've said, he does this three times in chapter 18, verse 38, and then 19, 4, 19, 6. And Pilate found no guilt in him. Even in verse 12, it talks about that he kept trying to release him. In verse 5, we see that Jesus wearing his crown and robe, Pilate pronounces, Behold the man. Now, he didn't understand really what he was saying. To him, he was mocking the Jews. Here's your man. But to us, but to, from a divine perspective, he is the man with a capital M. There's no question. Because he is being tormented. He is being, he's weeping um, in his prayer in Gethsemane when he said, Dear Lord, take this from my hands. Because he knows what he's going to go through. But yet he willingly, freely does it. While Pilate saw this man as having no guilt, deserving of punishment, no, no guilt deserving of punishment, yet the chief priests reveal their true reason as one claiming to be the Son of God in verse 7. The Jews answered him, We have a law. According to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the Son of God. That's the real rub. That's the real reason. The Romans don't have, a, don't have that law. And so, again, there's this guilt. It's interesting that in, verse, in chapter 18, the first little section, in verse 29, So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. They, they're, they're cowards. They're, they're, not on, they're not trying to be honest. They're trying to manipulate Pilate, well, Caiaphas, now Pilate, to release him, I mean, to, to, to crucify him. And so Pilate just keeps finding him not guilty. Just goes on and on. Again, think about the purpose while John's writing the gospel so that the Jews might believe. They're, they're, and so they're, he's seeing it and he's putting it out there for their belief. In verse 8, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. You know, here the Jews just said, he claims to be the Son of God. Some scholars believe that uh, Pilate was superstitious, secular man. And saying, what, what is this, this, and I'm going to use a little G-God, before me? Could this be? And so he was afraid. He, he was um, taken aback, made to question.
in verse 9, he repeats the question, or the, he repeats the question that produced the answer that he said in chapter 18. He says, where are you from? Because Pilate's thinking that he might be a small G God that has stirred up the Jews and creating for, for him all this, this trouble, where are you from? And yet he didn't remember what Jesus had just told him. And verse 1836, that, I, that my home is not of this world, therefore it is of heaven. There's no use in answering this question. It just wasn't, it already been answered, Pilate wouldn't understand. Which irritates him. And verse 10, it says, you will not speak to me? I have authority to release you or crucify you. Jesus quickly responds to him. You only have authority over me because it was given to you from above. From above. Pilate probably views this statement of Jesus as the chain of command in his life, and his world. He was put in place to do this. But yet we know the reality that this is not a human chain of command. This is God's ordaining and orchestrating and setting things in order that his will would be achieved and his glory given because of this. The latter little sec, uh, the second half of verse 11, it says here, Therefore he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. There's a lot of differences in thoughts of, on, on this verse. Uh, the one thing you can say is sin have, has different degrees. Um, some people think Caiaphas, because Caiaphas came, sent Jesus. Some think Judas. But I dare say, First John 3, 8 says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. This is a culmination of what Jesus, all of Scripture has been pointing to this sacrifice. This sacrifice. This fully man, fully God before Pilate. And then to the crucifixion. And then, praise the Lord, to the resurrection. Pilate continues in verse 12. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. He's still trying to release him. He's gone through all this. Still, he doesn't see the reason for him to be crucified. But the Jews, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. 
Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. Now they're going to a Roman law, but in way of a manipulation. A, a manipulation of, well, if you do this, you aren't that. And so here, here, finally, it gets his attention. It gets Pilate's attention. Because he didn't want his position or reputation, his name, to be soiled because of social media. You know, even if he's right, he's a coward. He knows there's no guilt, and he's folded under the pressure. But isn't it interesting how God uses all this for his purpose? At this point, verse... Um, 13, so, Pilate, so when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement in Aramaic Gabbatha. Now it was about the day of preparation. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Behold your king. Oh, the irony of God's providence and how he works things. We see in Genesis 41 that Foster read earlier, Joseph in, the, in, in, in working and becoming second in command how he experienced all the, the hatred of his brothers, and yet God in his reversal of providence of what we expect to happen, he's risen to the second in command. We again see it in Esther with Mordecai and all the, the, the struggles that he went through and, the, and Haman's scheme that he has risen to the second in command, all because of God's sovereignty. God is not silent. He is always working for your good and his glory. Remember that. Because I know, like me, y'all have doubts. You have struggles. Behold our king. In verse 14, Pilate declares that Jesus is king. Here he has taken a jab at the Jews and their so-called religion, religion, yet in God's way, having an unbeliever tell the Jews, here is your king. Look at him, frail, beaten, barely able to stand. Now remember, this is at this point, this is that third degree beating that he receives that is expressed in the other gospels. So it's a timing thing. And being sentenced to death. What does it mean that Jesus is our king? You know, one of his three offices, prophet, priest, and king. What does it mean for him to be our king? Behold your king. The Westminster Shorter Catechism. How does Christ 
execute the office of a king. By subduing, by subduing us to himself, in ruling and defending us, and in restraining and conquering all his and our enemies. What's the enemy getting conquered here? The enemy is death. It's because of sin. It's because of our sin, because of his great love for his father. And this is what, unbeknownst, Pilate, he declares, behold our king. But yet, in great Jewish fashion, in verse 15, the chief priests state, we have no king but Caesar. Forsaking their Jewish heritage and their covenant with God, therefore becoming what they feared, they were like the Gentiles. Ephesians 2.12 tells us, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. They were just like him. Yet their pride got in their way. The Jews despised the Gentiles, and now they were like them, forsaking their Jewish heritage, forsaking their God. In verse 15, you can almost hear let me, let me back up. I can almost hear myself saying the same thing before Christ called me. Because I would have said the same thing because I was a son of the devil. I was not. Was not. Repeat. I was as sinful as anybody. I was unholy. I was wicked. And yet now I'm saved. In Matthew 27, another rendition of what's happening, the Jews state, His blood be on us and on our children. You know, they were adamant. It wasn't just opinions. I mean, they, were, they, they knew that Jesus was not God, was not their king. So who deserved to be declared guilty? Who deserved to be crucified? Who deserved it? Me. Who took it? Jesus. Our prophet, our priest, and our king. The man. Behold the man. John 10, 30 says, I and the Father are one. There's no question. There's no question. He talks about how he and the Father are one. There's no maybe the Trinity, three in one, Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Colossians 2, 9, For in Him the wholeness, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. bodily. In His fully man, the fullness of deity dwells. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, in him, we might become the righteousness of God. And then John 3, 16. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Again, remember why John, the purpose of why he's writing his, his gospel, so that people would know that he is the son of God and that by believing in him, they would have eternal life. J.C. Ryle observes, Our Lord was clothed in the robe of shame and contempt, that we might be clothed in a spotless garment of righteousness and stand in white robes before the throne of God. How great is our God. This is our God. Jesus is our God. Yes, he was fully man. Yes, he is our king. He's much more. He's our God. This reminds me of Charles Wesley's famous hymn, And Can It Be That I Should Gain. I'm not going to sing it for you, but I am going to read the first verse. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain for me, who him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be? that thou, my God, shouldst die for me. Has Jesus died for you? Do you know him? Do you know who Jesus is? The demons know and they shudder. I'm not talking about a head knowledge. I'm talking about a head knowledge that leads to a heart knowledge. A heart knowledge of one that turns into salvation. That you have a hope, an eternal hope, that no matter what's happening in your life, you know you are his child. This is the warning, for without Christ as your Savior, you will experience God's eternal, holy, and unquenchable wrath due to your sins. There is no good person. There is no reason to think, well, I'm good. The scales are more good than bad. We are all wicked. Wicked. And there is no other way. There is absolutely no way to, to the Father except through Jesus. John 4, 16, 14, 6 tells us, no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 1st question, do you know Jesus? Second question, do you believe in Jesus? Do you have that saving faith? And to those who believe, to those who answer affirmative, do you trust him? Do you trust him in this life that we lead? Do you really trust him during the hard times, during the cash flow crunch, a job loss, when loved ones unexpected die, natural disasters, murder, wars, government decisions? where we think, what's happening? Do you trust him?
because he is your king. He cares for you. He loves you. And he paid the price of his life for you. Only through fire do you get refined. Only through that, those pressure moments. So welcome the trials and the tribulation. As God uses different ironic reversals of his providence from one treatment of like Mordecai where he was praised and, and led around by his enemy Haman on a, the king's horse to where Jesus was led through the streets with a cross strapped to his back. Look with the, eye, the perspective of Jesus in your life because he is the one that you should trust in. Not you, not your circumstances, not your job, not your church, not your friends, not your family. All those are blessings. It can be. But in God's sense, they are. Because they point, everything in, in our life points us to Christ. In reviewing those three questions in your mind, If you say, you know, I don't know, or you might answer, no, I'm not, please come see me after the service. Talk to Josh, talk to Robert, talk to Foster. As Hebrews 2, 3 says, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Do not forsake this day of salvation. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, oh, you are so good. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me, for loving us so richly. Lord, we pray that you would take these words and you would convict our souls. Let us be transformed to your people that walk by faith that want to walk before your face knowing that you see all. Lord, help us, help me be obedient to you. Lord, thank you for this time. For it's in Christ's name, for your glory, I pray.